Are we there yet? Almost. We are in our 10th and final week of the Are We, are we There Yet series, and yet we are still continuing on this spiritual journey. So we've defined the four stages of spiritual maturity and, and identified righteousness or being like Christ as our destination. And our goal is to seek after continuous transformation day after day, reaching towards Christ. Whether you're starting as an infant or child, young adult or parent, you have a continuous growth pattern to, to move forward with. Remember, Christ is out here, and it's not just moving around and you don't arrive as a spiritual parent. We have to continue to funnel towards Christ. Now, as I prepared for this week's sermon, I really wanted to put a nice capstone on this series. And Pastor Josh suggested that uh, I take a look at Hebrews 5 and 6. And so that's where we're going to be. And so if you don't like it, you can email Josh at josh at bettendorfchristian.org. Now, I was so jazzed up after uh, studying through Hebrews that I, I just really wanted to preach the whole book. So for the next 95 minutes, we're going to go on a journey, Hebrews chapter 1. Now, it's not going to take 95 minutes, but I do want to give you a flyover of the first 10 chapters in the book of Hebrews, and then we're going to dive a little deeper into chapters 5 and 6. So if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to open them to Hebrews and as we, uh, you can follow along as we summarize through the book. Now, the author of Hebrews wanted to get one very important point across, that Jesus is superior to all. Jesus is superior. And there are four truths throughout this book about Jesus' superiority. And then there's four warnings and, that we should heed. And from these four truths, we're going to understand why we should continue to travel down the road of spiritual, uh, spiritual faith and spiritual maturity. So truth number one, if we look at Hebrews chapters 1 and 2, we see that Jesus is greater than the angels and the Torah. Now the Torah is the first five books of our Old Testament. To the Israelites, it was God's word. And the angels were God's first messengers of his word. And so you can imagine how much uh, attention that the Israelites gave to the angel bringing God's word and how much attention the Israelites gave to the Torah. Now, how much attention should we give then to the word, Jesus, and the teachings of the good news that he brought if he is the word how much more attention should we give? Truth number two, Jesus is greater than Moses and the promised land. We read Hebrews chapters 3 and 4. The Israelites followed Moses out of the Egyptian slavery and were headed to safety and security and rest in the promised land. If Jesus is greater than Moses, how much more then should we want to follow Jesus the one who rescued us from the slavery of sin and offers eternal rest. Truth number three, Jesus is greater than the priests. If we look at Hebrews chapters 5 through 7, we see uh, the priests being explained. The priests played a very important and serious role in the Old Testament between the relationship of humankind and God because the priests would offer the sacrifices to God on our behalf the priests were the mediators. 
But these were still just men, flawed like you and me. Jesus, on the other hand, the high priest, is perfect in every way, and he is the mediator on our behalf. So how much more important is it that we look towards Jesus, the high priest? Truth number four, Jesus is greater than animal sacrifices. If we look at chapters 8, 9, and 10, we see how Jesus is superior to animal sacrifices. When sin entered the world through Adam, so did death. The consequence for sin is death. And God created a temporary covenant with us involving animal sacrifice. And on an annual basis, a Jewish family would offer up an animal to cover their sins. But this was only temporary because that sacrifice just wasn't good enough. We needed a once and for all sacrifice, and that's where Jesus comes in. Because of his perfection, because of who he was and is, his self-sacrifice is the once and for all sacrifice we needed in order to truly fix the relationship between us and God. And so by not accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior, you're turning your back on the very offering of forgiveness from God, that once and for all offering. You're rejecting the very foundation of God's new covenant agreement with us. That's, that's the book of Hebrews. We'll see you next week. Time for lunch. All right, so let me drop some wisdom on you here, okay? Jesus is superior. Spoiler alert, he is. He's greater than everything. Don't reject Jesus. If Jesus is the way to God and offers life, then who wouldn't want to chase after him on this spiritual journey rather than just sitting put? Remember, being like Jesus, seeking after righteousness is our destination in this life as we mature as disciples. So now let's dig a little deeper. Let's go to Hebrews 5, and I want to start reading in verse 11 and through the beginning of chapter 6. So Hebrews 5, 11. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. He's not mincing any words here. You have been believers so long that now you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still, still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Chapter 6. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move, toward to, we will move forward to further understanding. To summarize, we are called to mature. We are called to grow, and as we continue to grow, there's a whole host of wonderful things waiting for us. As we travel through this spiritual journey called faith, we grow closer and closer to God, and He continues to reveal more and more about Himself to us. Your relationship gets better 
and better as you continue down. Those of you who have been on this journey for a while and continue stepping, you can contest to that. I think of my son Owen, who's now five, and when he was a baby, feeding him with a bottle, and slowly as he grew, we would introduce new foods to him. And today, he really likes steak. And if we were to take the steak away from him and say, sorry, kid, you're now back on a full formula diet, he would not be happy with me. And yet, many of us are on a full formula diet, even though we've got a full mouth of teeth. Chew on some steak. Don't go back to a full formula diet. When we take steps of faith along this journey, we build on the foundation that was set, and we experience God, and that experience grows stronger and stronger. Chapter 6, verse 7. When the ground soaks up the falling rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. Now, I'm not saying that we are fields of thorns and thistles, okay? I, th I believe that we want to seek after God. We just sometimes become indifferent or have grown complacent. But Scripture continues with this encouragement, verse 9. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Now, when we look at these two chapters, I see Scripture telling the Jewish reader that it's time for them to put away the Judaism, set aside the Judaism, and move on to the full truth that is Christianity. What the Jew Jewish follower had learned up to that point was only a part of God's amazing plan to restore the relationship between child and father. If you're just starting down this path of spiritual maturity, you're most likely a spiritual infant or child. And that's okay because you're just starting out. And I promise you, there is so much more to receive from God as you continue to step forward and just continue to step in your faith. Some of you, though, have been on this journey for a long time, and you're still an infant or a child. And to you, I would say this, it's time. It's time to continue to take steps. It's time because God has so much more for you. Don't settle with where you are right now in your journey because it's then when you come, become complacent. It's then when you become dull. And those words in the book of Hebrews are for you. Now, just like the Jews needed to set aside Judaism and accept the full truth that is Christianity, for us today, it's time to set aside our complacency with where we are on our journey, and it's time to set aside our worldly desires. It's time to set aside our worldly culture. It's time to set aside our selfishness and pride. That's the only way we're going to continue stepping in faith. Settling for where you are on your faith journey right now, where you are, is like saying you're going to take a trip to Disney World. 
and you grab the family and you get in the car and you start driving. And when you get about 40% of the way there, you say, man, this is a longer trip than I thought. Why don't we just pull over to the side of the road? Here's good enough. See how the kids like that vacation. Now, we've been staring at this picture for about 10 weeks now. And it wasn't until I was listening to either Derek or Barry preach maybe a couple weeks ago that I noticed that there's a no parking sign on the right side of the road. And I thought, well, that's convenient because this spiritual journey, there is no parking, okay? There's no parking. If you're on the side of the road, you either need to get back on the road and keep stepping or call out for help because you need some help to continue. No parking, Take action by stepping towards righteousness. Live a life that can be defined by continuous transformation because with the Holy Spirit's help, you can muster the courage that it's going to take to take that first step and then another and then another, growing mature into, your, into the full potential that God has for you, offering your whole self to the purpose that Jesus has given the church, which is to be disciples who make disciples who make disciples until the day God brings you home and you get to live in the presence of full righteousness and hear those wonderful words, those breathtaking words, well done, my good and faithful servant. In order to continuously transform towards righteousness, we have to keep taking steps forward. We have to continue on this journey. And to conclude this sermon series, I really wanted to have some action steps that each and every one of us can take today. So I'm going to invite the whole pastoral team out, and we're going to discuss some steps that are really expectations of being a disciple. This is not a campaign. This is not a sales pitch. This is us bringing our hearts from what we have studied in Scripture, what you see in Scripture, to say, it's time to take some steps today. So every single person listening here, there's going to be at least one step that you're able to take. So let's start with step number one. Now, Josh, as our worship pastor, you are intimately involved with all of our weekend services. So can you speak a little to the importance of gathering together as a church? Well, yeah. Um, you know, since the beginning of this series, you guys have done a, a fantastic job really helping us to understand where we might identify where we're at and where we would progress to the next level, what kind of steps we might take in order to do that. And if you remember, they'd have this chart uh, that's behind me, and, and you could see just looking at it, it is, you know, it's a flat chart. It's, it's kind of hard to, to picture it any other way. But in reality, as you bring people along with you, it's more like a cone shape because you're, you're continually renewing that process and drawing closer and closer to Christ together. Because really, um, we're a family. We're a church family. And the way that God's Word sets it up, it, it really just talks about it being that we're, we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to do this with other people. And I know for a lot of us, we might think about, well, family's tough. You know, maybe you didn't have a great uh, family that was very close, or maybe it was very dysfunctional in your family, or maybe it's dysfunctional now. But the reality is, I think most of us inherently understand what the benefit of a solid family might be, of a, of a family that's based on God's Word. Because it would be a picture of people 
sharing one another's burdens, right? It'd be a picture of people who are there for one another in the hard times. They're there to celebrate the good times. And I think it's, it's really a refreshing picture to think of, of if, what if the church family could function in that way? But the reality is, if you had a family like that and you wanted a really close, God-centered family, but you only ever saw them occasionally, would you know them well enough to share your burdens with them? Would they know you well enough to know when you've slipped or to know when you've gotten off the bandwagon or whatever it might be, when you've kind of fallen away or you're facing a difficult time? If you're not constantly in connection with other believers as a family of God, there is no real intimacy as, as a family, as it should be. And so I love when we look at Hebrews, it shares with us this incredible scripture. I want to share it with you. Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is really an incredible passage of Scripture because what it lists for us is that we have a responsibility to stir one another up and to not neglect being together. And I think that we, if we were to be in constant community with one another, you would have a deeper relationship with Christ because of it. And so Evan talked about challenges, steps that we want people to take, and this first one is one that we hope everyone takes, okay? You can add on the other ones too, but at least we hope that you would start with this one. Will you commit to attending service in person or online every week for three months? I'll say it again. Will you commit to attending service in person or online every week for three months? And my Good. And my question is Done. this. Good. Done. Yeah. And, and my real question is this. What difference do you see, do you think you will see in your life in that kind of constant community? And I, I guarantee it's going to be an incredible journey. And so if you want to take that step, we don't want to just issue a challenge and then say, okay, yeah, we issued a challenge and they'll do it. We want to follow up with you. And so what you're going to have is, I'll give you the first uh, thing to text, but if you text the word attend to that number on the screen, then we will put you in a group where basically we will remind you, we'll encourage you, we'll send you an email or some kind of communication that says like, hey, what was the thing that stood out to you? What did God say to you this past week? Hey, maybe uh, next week, here's your challenge. Can you introduce yourself to someone that you might not know uh, or some kind of thing like that? Well, we'll follow up. We'll, we'll dialogue a little bit because we want to stay with you on this. And so that's the first challenge, and that's the first key word to text because we want to see our church community really begin to develop and see people here every week. Thank you, Josh. Well said. Now, in a church this large, in a congregation this large, sometimes it's hard to, to go to that deeper level of connection because we are. We're a big group. And so, Taryn, can you speak a little bit towards that need for that deeper level, that next level of connection? Yeah, I... I talk about most of the time whenever I'm speaking to someone about getting connected, they don't really need to know 
why they should be connected, right? And so, so many of us already know we need to be connected to other people around us, to other believers, and we believe in that importance. And the trouble that I have seen most of the time is that um, we don't know how. We don't know how to do it. And so, I think about with children, a lot of times we have to coach them how to, um, how to get connected to their peers or how to communicate their needs and that kind of thing. So, oftentimes we teach children how to invite someone over to their house or how to um, ask if we can sit together at the lunch table or how to interject yourself properly into a conversation, those kinds of things. And really, it's the same thing here is that we want to coach you, everyone who needs it, how do I get connected in a, in a church this large? If I'm coming on Sunday mornings, um, that might be a great first step, but now I'm in this humongous room and I don't really know how to make connections even though I sit in the same seat, in the same section every single Sunday and the same strangers are next to me for the next three months but I don't <laughs> want to talk to them and I don't know how and so I want to just say that we when we build those things when we bring our world a little smaller we find that transformation and so there is definitely transformation in attending services and engaging in corporate worship but even more so when you bring it down and filter that down into personal connections we are changed through relationships with God the Father and then also with each other. And so if we're not doing that, we are missing a key element of transformation and the opportunity for God to bring transformation and change and growth in us. And so that's why it's so important. So getting to back to the how is that I think it's, it's uh, you know, pretty simple is just to ask to just ask and say, if you want to be in a small group, to just ask that person, can I, hey, can I be in your small group? You guys look like a lot of fun. Or if you don't like fun, hey, you guys seem really boring and you're my kind of people. Oh. Can I be in your small group? You know, or it might be something as simple as saying, like maybe you've looked around and you thought, you know, none of the small groups meet when I want to meet and I have some friends in the same boat and so maybe we should start our own and then you think, oh, no, I can't do that. Well, sure you can. And all you need to do is ask, and we are here to provide the resources for you and the training and the things you need to launch you into this because we believe in it. Uh, sometimes, you know, you might want some one-on-ones or things like that, and all you need to do is ask. We have so many ways to get connected at BCC, more than just Sunday morning. This is a great start. And then we also have Sunday morning classes. We have life groups that meet throughout the week. We have classes sometimes. And they're getting there. They're post-COVID. The student ministry is fabulous. Let me tell you about that. Yeah, and there's also ways to serve. So some people are that they're servant-minded like from the beginning and they jump into serving before they ever join a life group and that's another way you can connect. And that's a great thing. There's, you don't have to necessarily, there's no order to go into, right. but there's multiple ways to connect with people. Yeah, so the just ask is, is, is pretty simple. It's, at least it sounds simple, especially when you're talking about joining a life group, starting a life group, signing up for a class. But what about if you wanted like a one-on-one -on -one relationship? Just walking up to someone for the just ask sounds really awkward. <laughs> it is, and you just have to get over that. So, yeah. <laughs> 
let's just call right. it like it is, right? <laughs> okay, so it is awkward, right? And because we are like to some degree, it's a lot, we're the same as children. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be embarrassed. We, we don't want to be vulnerable. And that is difficult sometimes. But I will tell you, like throughout my life, I've had so many different mentors and different roles in my life. When I was at Chick-fil-A, I had a manager mentors that helped me develop those skills. And um, before I was a pastor, uh, there was a pastor at my old church that he knew the Bible so well, and I wanted to learn from him. And it took me three weeks to work up the courage to even ask him, and I couldn't even do it in person. I, like, texted him. And I was like, hey, you know, is that way I could cry in private if he said no. <laughs> but he said yes. Like, he said yes, and he was overjoyed to do that. Um, and even now, like, working on my doctorate degree, I have an academic mentor that meets with me once a month, and, and that he was honored to do so. And so every person I've ever asked has been honored that I saw something in them that I wanted to learn from. And I've seen that be, be the template for that. And so I, I can't speak for everyone, but if there is someone in the church or in your life or in another area, spiritual area of your life, and you look up to them, I guarantee you, I would say 99% of the time, if you go to that person and say, I've been watching this about you, and I, and I love this about you, and I want to learn this from you, I can't imagine a person saying, like, that's ridiculous, no, leave. You know, no one's going to do that. And, and I, I would be shocked if they do. And I just think it's as simple as, yeah, it's going to be a little awkward. It's going to feel a little weird. But people will join you because if they're a spiritual parent, they're going to have the maturity to say, yeah, let's figure this out. Let's meet once a month. Let's meet once a week. You know, we'll figure something else that will work. And they'll want to join you on the journey and okay. lead you. So just ask. But if you need some help with that, to commit to a relational connection, whether it be a life group, a class, a one-on-one -on -one relationship, what can they do right now if they're looking for some help? Yeah, so you can text the word CONNECT. Connect to 319-481-8536. Uh, that is the most memorable number mm -hmm. you could ever text to. So I know you've got it right up here, right? Easy. Yeah, connect. <laughs> oh, yeah, you could take a picture. That's a good idea. Yes. Nice All right. job. And we're going to have that number uh, available uh, through our midweek uh, communications and everything like that. So... Uh, so these two, uh, you know, commitment levels, uh, action steps, they're really involving things that a disciple uh, needs to receive. But Barry, can you uh, branch us out a little bit and speak to maybe uh, an action step that offers yourself out and the, uh, the outward focus? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the first thing we want to make sure that's abundantly clear, you know, as a, as a pastoral staff, you know, we're, you might think we're giving recommendations or suggestions uh, this morning, but let me just stop it right there. These aren't suggestions or recommendations. No, I truly believe if we want to move on to the next growth stage or if we want to continue to grow spiritually, we really have to understand this is an expectation. I, I believe Evan already laid out for us in the book of Hebrews. This is a spiritual expectation that we grow spiritually. Um, and so, yeah, Josh and Taryn, you know, you talked about... Uh, how we can kind of grow ourselves um, by, you know, inward things. Uh, however, uh, I talked just a couple weeks ago, if we're going to move on, I specifically was talking about how to move on from a spiritual child to a, a spiritual young adult. Really, if we want to grow spiritually in any stage, it happens in the context of ministry. It, it happens how we minister to other people and um, really how we serve. 
others. And so I love what um, the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Peter, or I'm sorry, first, the Apostle Peter, he writes in 1 Peter 4.10, he says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So use whatever gifts you've received. I love the fact that when we accept Christ as our Savior, we're baptized into Him. Scripture tells us we've received the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So God gifts each of us you know, perfectly, you know, how he wants us to be. And we all have our gifts, we all have our talents and abilities that then he wants to use through us to serve others. And so really this young adult stage that I talked about, but really any stage again that wants to grow, we have to take the mindset of kind of not being self-centered, but being God-centered and stop being so self-focused and start focusing on others that God would start to put in our path um, that we can serve. And there's just a lot of great ways within the church right here locally at BCC to serve. Uh, I know just myself as a student minister, you know, uh, we need um, student ministry sponsors. Uh, just I was talking to our staff and really realized over this last year, we had a ton of incredible sponsors a year ago. Well, with COVID and just a number of life things that happen in each of our individuals' lives, uh, we're, we're, we've lost over half of our volunteers. And uh, our students really, you know, uh, we're, we're down a little bit in numbers from, from February of last year, but we're starting to grow again. And, and really that growth is going to be dependent on the number of adult leaders that we have that can just pour into students. And I think the great thing is, you know, we've kind of already talked about the fact that if you're a spiritual parent and you want to mentor, you can just pour into the lives of students and uh, invest in their lives and pray for them and be for them. Uh, if they come, you know, I, I have students who said, hey, I need somebody to like mentor me. We've had that happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can absolutely get them plugged up to our adult leaders who um, are incredible and, and do that. We have adult leaders who take students out for coffee and, you know, hang out with them and listen to what's going on in their life. And, and that's important. And, and Taryn, I can only imagine, you know, children's ministry, I know as well, you've been a over the last year. Yeah, yeah. We, we had 150 rock stars uh, this time last year um, that made everything run, and we were slow and steady, but I think we're back to maybe 27. Yeah. <laughs> 28. So, so the percentages don't look good. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. our rock stars are amazing, let yes, me tell you. Yes. They're amazing. And let's be real, we have the best snacks out of all the ministries. So, like, goldfish, goldfish, yeah. yes. Pretzels, graham crackers, you yeah. name it. I'm offering steak, just so you, steak. Sign me up. All right. <laughs> so, Josh, I, also, I imagine you, you, within worship ministry, even our tech team, uh, you could probably use some people. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've got a lot of people that do multiple different roles. And while that's fantastic because it means that I have a lot of subs, but when I start using all those same people, it just can be very taxing. And so we have all kinds of different roles uh, where we need people. So yeah we're, yeah, we're in that category too. We need lots of people. Yeah. I know all three of us are a little concerned about like our leaders that we have right now about burnout just because we are, yeah. we're using them a bunch. And, and Evan, same thing with connections, with life groups. I mean, I can only imagine you need help as well. Yeah, I mean, we talked about the importance of gathering together on Sunday mornings and you would not believe, well, but you probably would because hopefully you've all felt welcomed, but we need an entire team to make that happen, to, to invite others in. There's been a lot of guests actually through this pandemic season. We've had a lot of guests. And to our, um, the, the credit of our amazing connections team, uh, we've been able to you know, kind of plug a lot of them in, but 
they, they, need, they need some help. We're going to continue to grow, God willing, and we're going to need help there. And with life groups uh, and making those deeper connections that Taryn was talking about, uh, it, it's difficult balance right now because we have about 20, 25 life groups or so right now. They're all full. We need more life groups. And so life group leaders, life group hosts, uh, teaching uh, for classes and whatnot, it, it, it's hard to say, yeah, come join a life group. And then, oh, well, where can we fit you? Well, we don't really have one that is going to meet your needs. We need more of those. Yeah. So the whole time I've been here, you know, or speaking on this, we've had our Serve Central board back there. And if I were to reach out, you know, and, and grab one of those cards, just like that. man, that was cool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, I got one here for the student ministry. And uh, basically, this is located out in the commons over by Mission Central. And, you know, you can, there's no commitment, like, to just go look at a card, to read over it, to see what our needs are. Uh, and we've got those for every ministry. Uh, and so I would encourage you to go and to look at that. But not only is there a way to serve right here within our church community, within our um, Quad City community, there's a lot of opportunity to serve. One thing I'm really excited about is uh, next Sunday, we're having our Mission Emphasis Sunday that I talked about earlier in the announcement time, and we're going to have uh, around 12 um, of our representatives for our local missions um, out in the commons. We're going to have sort of like between services and after service type of thing. We're going to have like a mission fair uh, where you can go and just kind of look and see what all the ministries that we support are. And you can talk to the actual representative of those um, ministries and say, hey, how can I get involved? How can I get plugged in? Even as a church, we're trying to provide those opportunities. In February, we had a group that went down and prepared a meal and served a meal at Hope for the Brick house and uh, at the end of this month here in March we're going to be having a group go down do the same thing at King's Harvest and uh, really it's the goal of our mission team then to have something every month that you can get plugged into and you can do that just by watching our announcements and um, getting signed up online or through our app and so I want to encourage you uh, to do that and then also one of the things we're really excited about is we're uh, we kind of missed out last year, but we're getting back into our uh, world missions uh, this year. This year, we're going to kind of do it nationally. going to be taking a group um, in July uh, to Arizona to work with the Navajo people. And we'll just encourage you. I think at uh, last count, I think we had about uh, six spots still available, but I know we had quite a few actually talk to our missions yeah. after the service about that trip. Uh, I love mission trips because they are a way to connect. We've talked about the connection element and some of my dearest friends, my closest friends um, that I have in my life today are, are people that I've served with um, on mission trips. And so I would encourage you, it's a great way to serve, it's a great way to connect, it's a great way to get plugged in to the church afterwards. And then in summer of 2022, we're really hoping to get back as, as long as things are lifted and yeah. we can do it, to get back to places like Haiti and Honduras and Ukraine, places that we've served. And we have other mission trips that we're, we're visualizing for the future. We got an incredible missions team that puts all this together. So yeah. I would just encourage you, there are so many opportunities, like I said, locally within the church, locally within our community, and then even in the world that you can get plugged in to serve. And awesome. uh, again, growth, spiritual growth happens in the context of ministry. And uh, we've been showing this number up here. I'm not going to say it because I'm always afraid I'll sing song lyrics like 8675309 and uh, stuff like that. So don't listen to me. Listen to that number um, up there. Uh, read it, take a picture of it, and text the word ministry if you would like to receive more information on um, our service, our ministry opportunities. That's great. Anything, yeah. anybody, 
below like 35 is saying, what number did you just sing? Exactly. You're kind of dating yourself. There. Ask Tommy Two-Tone. He'll tell you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, there is uh, yet another action step that I want to point out, and it's for those who are a little further down the uh, spiritual pathway and I pray that each one of us uh, is seeking after and making this a goal of ours to reach is to disciple others. And you might be able to be a life group leader. You might be able to and, and take on a small flock of, of eight, ten people and really pour into them. Or you might be someone who's really good with one-on-one. Um, Taryn mentioned to uh, people who are looking to be mentored. It's interesting. Yeah, we do have to ask because that's where we are in our culture. But it's interesting when we look at Scripture, it's not the mentee that searches out for the mentor. Would you like a mentor? Oh, yeah. Leave it to the student pastor to, like, ruin, like, a, not ruin, but, you know, be silly. I, we knew that we were going to be sitting by each other, so we You're agreed to take Mentos. Um, some of us need them more than others. Um, thank you, Taryn. Um, so it's not the mentee that reaches out to the mentor. In Scripture, it's the mentor that says, hey, I see something in you. I'm going to bring you alongside of me. It's Paul that reached out to Timothy. It's Timothy that reached out to the leaders and built up leaders in the, the, the church at Ephesus. So I'm calling out to all of those who are a little further along in your spiritual journey. Disciples make disciples, and disciples disciple others. And you can do that in the context of a class. You can do that in the context of leading a life group. Again, um, we need more life groups. Uh, We need more opportunities for people to relationally connect, and it has to be led by spiritual parents. Now, you may not think that you're quite there, but if you are feeling moved by God to say, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I I think I need to do this, we can help you with that. So just text the word LEAD to the number that we've been giving you on the screen. Text the word LEAD, and I would be so thrilled to walk you through some options to show you some uh, resources, whether it be a one-on-one relationship that you're looking for uh, to disciple someone, whether it be student ministry, children's ministry, adult ministries, or what does it take to start and lead a life group? It might be a little scary, but isn't that faith? That's, That's this journey. So, text the word lead. Pastors, I want to thank you uh, for helping me out this morning. There is yet another action step that we haven't talked about yet. You might find yourself looking at that chart as far as spiritual infancy, childhood, spiritual young adult or parent, and you say, I'm not even on the chart. So the step that I would encourage you to make today would be that very first step in faith to accept that amazing offer of forgiveness. Jesus has already sacrificed himself for the once and for all. Jesus has already forgiven you. You just have to accept that he's forgiven you. We have so many things in our life that take us far away from God and in disobedience. And some of it we don't even mean to disobey. Paul Paul was saying that I want to do good, but I, I don't. You might be there, and you might need to take that very first step. We would love to help you with that. If you're not in the building, you're watching uh, somewhere else, text the word Jesus to this number. And we would love to follow up with you this week 
to talk you through that. But if you're here in the building and, and you say, yeah, that is a step that I have been putting off for a while, and I need to take my first step and start on that spiritual road, seeking after Christ, becoming more and more like him through the Holy Spirit's help, the Holy Spirit is going to be offered to you. And we would love to solidify that step with you through the act of baptism. So we're going to have some elders up front. We're going to have some pastors up front. We're going to uh, worship God in just a moment and allow God to speak to you because if that's a decision that you need to make, we would love to help you make that decision. We'd love to pray with you. We have clothes for you. It doesn't matter if you didn't come prepared and you want to get baptized today, and you want to die with Christ and come out of that water a new child of God. We would love for that to be today. What are you waiting for? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the love that you offer. Father, you are the, the only God. You are the God that sacrificed himself on our behalf. Gods don't do that but you are love, and love is sacrifice. We thank you. Father, I just ask that you would stir in the hearts of, of every single person listening because every single one of us has a step forward to take to grow closer and closer to you so that we can continue to experience who you are. And Father, to those who need to take that first step of faith, I pray that you would give them the courage to set aside their old life and step into this amazing and awesome journey with you. In Jesus' name, amen.